retirement planning? Well, we went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and with Kathy and Norma. Welcome to Finances and the Federal Reserve System. We went to school so you don't have to. I'm Norma and I'm here with Kathy. Today, we wanted to talk about the Federal Reserve System, specifically inflation, recession, and prime interest rates. We'll go over what they are, how they're related, and how they can affect your daily life. So I'd recently heard that the Federal Reserve reduced their rate and I automatically thought, oh, great, let me call Amex and see if they're going to lower my interest rate on my credit card. And I was told that they didn't have any available offers, which confused me because I thought, well, I know my rate is calculated partly with what the Federal Reserve has their rate at. So I don't understand why my rate couldn't be lowered. I also was excited when the rate went to zero, although I didn't believe I could get a zero rate. I did believe that I could get a lower home loan. So I went ahead and started refinancing and I was able to lock in a point and a half less than what I'm paying already. So I'll, I'll be at 275 at the end of this. Well, they say if you can go down the point, that's when it's worth refinancing your mortgage. So that, that was a great find, you know, great yeah. thing that you were able to do there. So what is the Federal Reserve System? It's the Bank of the United States. We call it the Fed. And it was founded in 1913 by Woodrow Wilson. And it does many things, but some of them are, first of all, that it is separate from the federal government. It is not a part of the federal government, sort of like the post office is not. They make sure that the money supply in the United States doesn't grow too quickly or too slowly. So they're trying to manage inflation. They're using monetary, which means money policy, which is rules. So they're using money rules to control the supply of money that's going in and out of the US. They set a percent of money that the banks charge each other for money. And that has a lot to do with the prime interest rate right there. They buy and sell the T-bills or the treasury bills that the US uses. And so that increases or decreases the supply of money in the US. And then they try and protect the credit rights of the consumer us. But today we're going to talk about the interest rate or the discount rate that banks pay each other when they borrow money. And that helps us balance our economy over time. Common misperception is that the Federal Reserve sets the prime rate and they actually don't. Although there's a close relationship between prime and the rate that the federal government control, the Federal Reserve controls, they're not one in the same. So technically, there's no single prime rate. Every bank sets its own, but they're generally all the same and similar with the Federal Reserve's interest rate. So they basically piggy bank off the Federal Reserve rate. They normally take that rate and add three percentage points to get their prime. And again, this is all general. Not every single bank is going to do that. So, for example, the Federal Reserve responded to the coronavirus by reducing their rates one full percentage point, almost close to zero on March 15th of 2020. Some of the major banks, such as like Chase and M&T, lowered their prime from 4.25 to 3.25. And as of the recording date of this podcast, it is 3.25. It goes up or down whenever the Federal Reserve rate is adjusted. And what happens is this rate doesn't necessarily affect everyone. So the prime rate is what the banks use to set their variable interest rates. So this would be the interest rates on credit cards, on home equity lines of credit, or on their home equity lines or credit. This rate really just affects those with best credit. 
So in other words, the ones that aren't as risky as others. When I looked into this topic, what I've come to find out is that actually it takes a few weeks sometimes for the banks to adjust. So basically you can expect to pay lower or higher interest rate on your credit cards or your home equity lines of credit within about weeks or so after a change is made in prime. So you might have a credit card that'll say in that little leaflet they send you when you get a credit card or on their website, it'll say prime plus 11.49 or prime plus 9.99. And so this is when you know what is specific to your situation. So had I checked my Amex portal, I would have looked at, I should have, and really should have looked at that and seen exactly how does this affect me or does it affect me at all? I would have been able to see the terms of my particular credit card and see whether they'll be able to lower my rate after they see that the Federal Reserve has lowered theirs. So now this doesn't affect fixed accounts. So this is why Kathy was talking about the refinancing, because your mortgage rates won't change with Prime unless they are variable rates. Prime will not affect if you have a fixed mortgage. You're taking out a new one, then it can affect it. Exactly. So either you're taking out a new one, but again, if you see that it's gone down, it's definitely a great time to look into your mortgage rate, see if you qualify for a lower rate, and then possibly refinancing after you've gone through whether it makes financial sense to do so when you take into account potential closing costs or things like that. And it doesn't just affect the average person by the loans they've taken out, like your mortgage or credit cards. It also affects you because your savings account rate can also go up if prime goes up. So not only the money that you have borrowed, but the money that's sitting in your savings, which will actually be lent out to other people, earns more because people are paying more to borrow your money. So how do the rates change? Well, the Fed meets eight times a year and they take securities or money out of bank reserves and replace it with credit. And that is just like cash to a bank. Now the bank has enough money to meet its requirements because they have basic minimums that they have to keep as well. And then they can lower their interest rate. So there is money to lend to other banks. So this all really has to do with the big banks and how they're borrowing and lending money to each other. And that's how it trickles down to us. They do the opposite of this. They replace they take out credit and replace it with cash when they want to raise rates. So the federal rate is charging the rate that banks charge each other. And so the interest is the cost of borrowing that money or the compensation that someone gets for lending it. So the more I get for lending you money or the more I have to pay for borrowing money. So the changes in rates can lead to a couple different things. One is a recession or it could also lead to inflation. Recession can be signaled by four things occurring. So we have to be on the lookout for these things. One is an increase in unemployment throughout the US. The second is the stock market turning down, home sales dropping so that people stop buying new homes. And then the last thing is that the total GDP which stands for gross domestic product. And that's the total value of all the goods and services that we're, that we're buying and selling from each other starts to decline for more than two quarters. What can cause that? Well, a high interest rate or high inflation or both, high interest rate, again, is the money available to borrow or high inflation is the rise in prices of everyday goods. That will cause us to go into a recession. 
It means that your wage, the amount you're getting paid right now, doesn't spend the same because things cost more. And so you're not able to buy as much. And because of that, the consumer might lose confidence and stop spending. So here's how it works. The GDP, the gross domestic product starts to fall. Companies start to spend less because they're worried about having enough money. This leads to layoffs in their employees. Then people stop spending as much because they're worried that they're going to get laid off. Then the government debt starts to rise, makes the economy continue to go. But then federal interest rates get cut and then stocks lose their value. So this is a cycle that as these things, everybody's kind of trying to protect themselves. And as each one of these things happen, it can lead to a recession. Ultimately, you can try to recession-proof your own life by doing some things. The way to do that is to make sure that you are protecting your retirement account, because that's ultimately going to be what's affected in a recession, because not as much money is going to be going into it. But you want to make sure that you build a budget or that you stick to your budget. You want to make sure that you have it started to increase your own emergency fund. Maybe now is a time to get a side hustle and make sure you're building up that emergency fund in case you need it. You can also cut back in your spending just to be prudent in what's coming. You can save all the extra cash that you can instead of saying, oh, I have enough money to go buy this thing, whatever it is, be sure and save that. Pay down as much debt as you can with that money that you're saving with your extra cash. And then you can also be looking at what kind of things can you do to get your skills to be more marketable during these kinds of times that may be leading to a recession. You can just make sure that your professional skills are up to date. You can take classes. You could even volunteer places in key roles so that you have this that you can use on your resume to help keep you as recession proof as you possibly can. The opposite of recession is inflation. Inflation occurs when the prices or cost of goods rise, but purchasing power falls. So purchasing power is basically how much money is actually worth, like how much your money is actually worth, how much money in general is actually worth and how much it can buy in units. Let's say you got a 10% raise. Well, not long after that, the price of milk and the rest of your groceries also go up 10%. Now it's level again. And even though you're earning more money, that's basically inflation. As a borrower or as a consumer, at that point, you're paying back debt with money that's technically worth less. If wages increase with inflation and the borrower already owed money before inflation occurred. So now inflation benefits the borrower. And that's because the borrower still owes the same amount of money, but now they have more money in their paycheck to pay off their debt. That means that's less interest for the lender if the borrower uses extra money to pay their debt off early. So now as time goes on and there's an increase in prices, people charge more or they need to borrow more because prices are going up, but their wages aren't going up. So now this is when it benefits the lender because you're not earning more money. It means higher prices, which means higher money and interest. So when it comes to prices, if the cost of living is higher, like your daily expenses, but you haven't gotten a raise, now you can't afford to make much more than a minimum payment. So it's going to take you longer to pay off your debt. So again, more interest for the lender. Just from a consumer standpoint, inflation increases the cost of goods or services. So basically your cost of living. If your income is increased at the same rate as that, as inflation, then they wouldn't negatively be affected because now you've got more money in order to pay for your needs. But if your income stayed at the same level, the purchasing power of that is reduced. So now your money would buy less. 
You know, the funny thing is that if, as you said, if the inflation rate is 3% and your pay goes up 3%, you're still going to feel like you're never getting ahead because although you're not getting behind the inflation rate, your buying power is the exact same and you feel like, when am I going to get out of this either dead or how am I going to get ahead? It just feels the same. And I think that that's part of the issue. Let cost of milk goes up 10%, but you haven't gotten a raise or you did get a raise, but it's 3%. So you're really never keeping up with the rates. I know that during recessions past or times of you know poor economy, there have been raise freezes with a lot of companies and just people that I know personally. And so cost of milk has gone up. But they haven't gotten a raise in two or three years. So their wages aren't necessarily keeping up with inflation. And another good way to really look at it is think about, I remember seeing a friend's grandfather's paycheck. It was an old, I don't know, his first paycheck after coming from their island. And it was, I don't know, $60 or something like that for a whole week. And it was maybe the 50s. If I'm not, I don't know, this is a long time ago, but I do remember going, oh my goodness, like they survived on this much a week. But the fact is, they were able to survive on that much a week because the cost of everything was so much lower than it is now. So it's, it's the seesaw that kind of keeps happening where the prices are going up, but the wages may or may not go up. If the prices are going up, now that's benefiting the lenders. It's better benefiting the retailers. It's benefiting everyone else, but the person paying. And if your wages go up, but the prices haven't gone up. Now you've got the upper hand. So it's this constant seesaw. And I'm not so sure, honestly, that there's ever a level playing field, because I think ultimately both consumers and lenders are playing a game of of the one upper of the who has the upper hand here and of the who can make it out of this rat race the best financially. I love your description, actually. So just thinking about like the, you're talking about living on $60 or not. Back in 1970, a cup of coffee, and I don't mean like a Starbucks kind of cup of coffee, I just mean a cup of coffee, was 25 cents. And right now that same cup of coffee is $1.59. So how is it that this price has gone from a quarter to $1.50? Because the cost of paying those people to do those jobs, to collect the coffee from wherever it's coming from. And so right now, those of us who have jobs during this time are getting our paycheck, but there are plenty of people right now that aren't having a paycheck come in. And so what we're seeing though, even though we have a paycheck, still goods and services are scarce for us because there are people who can't provide those services or those products to us. The acronym COLA stands for cost of living. And that's exactly what she was just talking about in terms of inflation. If COLA is 3%, You want to make sure that what you're getting paid is three or more percent. Otherwise, you're not going to be keeping up with the economy as it goes. I know that my pension fund, the fund that I'm in, COLA is built into it. So every time COLA changes, we are automatically paid that COLA delta because it keeps us with the economy as it is, we aren't slipping farther and farther behind the economy. All of these things are very important when you're trying to make plans. And, and I think just kind of as a side note, and I'm not saying be disloyal to your job or anything like that, but I think that this is when you really should request a raise or when you should start maybe looking into another job. My issue or thing has always been you earn what you deserve or what you think you deserve and what you ask for. But when you've been at a job for 10, 15, 20 years, sometimes what you earn was based on your original negotiation and whatever increase they've chosen to give you from that point. So sometimes, sometimes it really takes 
looking for a new job and getting negotiating that new rate that really is more closely aligned with the current cost of living in order for you to get that boost that you need to be level with, you know, on that seesaw. Either that or again, just asking for that raise and just showing them how you deserve it and maybe what work you've performed and, you know, so on and so forth. But again, you're not always going to get that COLA. I mean, that's actually really great. I wish, you know, a lot of corporations had that built in, but unfortunately they don't. And you really need to rely on your negotiation skills or start looking for another job if that's what it's going to take in order for you to really be able to maintain your day-to-day financial life. I don't want you to think for a second you're being disloyal to your company if you decide to leave it. Your ultimate responsibility is to you and the people that you love. And if going to another place because it's going to make more money because that will make you happier and you're, and again, the people that you're caring for happier, that's not being disloyal. That's taking care of you. And when you're in that new job, you will do a better job for those people. So take care of yourself first. And that's, that's just how life goes. And you'll, you'll, you'll be a better employee if you're happy with what it is you're doing and getting. There's actually a meme out there that says something like you're killing yourself for a job that will place that will replace you in a heartbeat. Very true. Very so, true. I don't know. I'm live at my company almost 16 years. So I don't, I don't intend to leave anytime soon. Me neither. I've been here 19 years, right? I plan on retiring here. That is definitely my plan. All right. Well, thanks for listening to finances and the Federal Reserve System and a lot of other stuff. <laughs> we know you chose to listen today and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe here and share it with others. It means a lot to us. And please share those topics that you're interested in or you're not certain about with us because we're happy to help. Please let us know what you think on Facebook or Twitter by going to our website at financesand.net. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, we went to school, so you don't have to. 